You are listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com. The Secrets of Star Trek. These are the conversations on the StarQuest Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore the world of Star Trek, to seek out new ideas and ancient inspiration, to boldly reveal what no eye has seen before. Telling me what this is all about. Captain, I suggest the Vulcan mind probe. When we run analysis, we should have some explanations. Captain, uh, check the engines. The warp drive is a hopeless pile of junk. Can you give me a warp eight? Aye, sir. And maybe a wee bit more. I'll sit on the warp engines myself and nurse them. That position, Mr. Scott, would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. Welcome to the bridge of the StarQuest Enterprise. And with us to discuss everything Star Trek related is Steve Nelson from Tulsa, Oklahoma. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great. It's a, it's a nice day here. Fantastic. Also joining us from up north in the United States of America, Mike Kuypers. Greetings from Michigan, Father. Excellent. You're coming through loud and clear. And uh, from down in engineering, Mark DeVries. How's life? How's life the, how are good. the engines? Engines are operating just fine, Captain. Very good. Don't mess it up. I'll try. Let's go straight ahead. Warp 5 into the topic of today. Last week, we uh, emphasized the positive sides of technology and we talked about the similarities between future technology that we see in old Star Trek episodes and the real-life technology in today's world. However, many Star Trek episodes also show the other side of technology. If it's not used for morally right purposes, technology can or could become a threat to people, to human values. And uh, as, as early as the, the first season of, uh, of Star Trek with the original uh, crew, we already see that oftentimes when technology goes awry, when it breaks or when it's in the wrong hands, it starts to, uh, to destroy life and to, uh, or destroy things. <laughs> And Mike, you came up in our, uh, in, our in our show preparations with uh, uh, no less than three episodes in the original Star Trek series, where you can see uh, examples of of technology um, going wrong, actually, or or starting to become a, a real threat. Can can you uh, tell us which episodes you uh, picked for this episode? Uh, yes. Well, uh, a taste of uh, Armageddon was one of them because uh, it was about. Uh, two planets at war, but instead of actually firing uh, actual uh, bombs or missiles at each other, they were using computer simulations uh, to preserve their their own buildings and cultures. But uh, people would have to, people who were declared casualties would have to voluntarily walk into disintegration chambers and die. Wow, so, so even though the whole fight was a simulation, the yes. the result of the fight, if you know, you you you're you're it's like paintball, but then when you get hit by yeah. a paintball gun, you still have to kill yourself. That's kind of Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, I didn't think that was a very good idea. So what was the whole purpose so of that virtual war then? 
well, this basically, I don't know. They just wanted to uh, preserve their own their own cultures and buildings. They they were afraid of you know if there was a real war, there'd be actual destruction and and um, so, uh, somehow they put the the uh, the buildings and everything else ahead of human life, which uh, which yes, is kind of yeah, a exactly. bizarre way of uh, of doing it, you know. And of course, uh, Captain Kirk and and crew. Uh, at, at one point, they uh, they destroyed one of the uh, computers uh, on on uh, one of the planets, making it impossible for them to uh, to comply to what the other side is doing, and and that would break down the uh, their agreement and force an actual war between the two planets and uh, a physical war. And uh, since they feared that, they ended up having to negotiate. But this war had been going on for centuries, so that was one of the uh, drawbacks of having a, a virtual war where you were killing only people and saving everything else. That uh, it never actually ended this war. It, it sounds a bit like a. It's a strange premise because how can you know for sure that your enemy is actually, you know, keeping their term terms of the agreement by killing off, you know, their players. I don't know. I guess they had some way of monitoring it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, as I recall, the uh, computers were linked together, and so they could verify. But I think you know the, the important part was the technology got out of hand, and, and it had divorced the war from the actual people, and so it became this this logical exercise. And I think, as Kirk says at one point, he said, "War is messy," yeah. and you know, it, you're never going to be able to finish the war or resolve the war if, as long as it's all done by computers. You know, it's almost eerily um, reminding me of, of the war that we've seen lately, you know, in our present day, even, you know, this was past uh, the, 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 the time when this original series was created, but when we've seen um, the abstraction of war in, you know, remember the images on CNN where you would see these precision bombardments? And you see a computer screen, or it's it's even filmed with an infrared camera on the missile itself, and you would see a house, and then you know the the missile would home in on it and destroy it, and and it almost turned war into a video game. You didn't see really what was going on on the ground, and it was only much later, also because there were no, no journalists, there were, were no cameras on site to actually f- film what was really going on. And so it, 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 it made a war seem very clean, very artificial, as I said, almost like a video game with no consequences. Whereas, in fact, there was much more going on. It's only later on that people started to realize the, 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 the impact and the destruction of human life that was actually going on. And, and I think it's a continuous risk in our over... To, uh, how do you say that? Over... over um, Te- technologized is there like a verb <laughs> for that uh, you know we, we're, we're so used to uh, to to seeing everything in abstraction and we're even used to the concept of video games where you just go ahead and you you, you kill anyone you know aliens on a planet or cowboys in a Red Dead Redemption but you never really know what what war is unless you've been there and you've seen people actually really die in front of you I think and uh and which also makes it very hard for us to understand, for instance, soldiers that come home after having fought in a war, 
and and that come home with terrible nightmares and traumas and it, and it's only now that we start to actually realize that wait a second a soldier is might be you know be formed uh, as a as a fighting machine but once you are really there and you're actually killing people and you see with your own eyes what's happening during a war it does much more with you than uh, than than you, you can than you can think of in theory yeah yes. that, that kind of speaks to the whole idea that you know the more technological we get the, and the less human interactions we have the the less real things seem sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's a real danger. Um, and uh, it, it's this abstraction of war, like um, with, you know, I, the whole Cold War that was going on and, and it was growing um, when, when the original Star Trek series were made. Um, it, it was just kind of this theoretical war where we would just count, you know, the number of missiles on one end and uh, and missile missiles on the other side, and uh, without really realizing what these 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 weapons of destruction could could do and what it would do to our planet and to our future, and uh, and, and that's that's a scary thing that that whole call to arms or that that uh, arms race on both sides was actually almost a, a, an abs- abstraction of reality and, and, and it was only much later that people started to realize, well, wait a second, what if we push that red button? What would it actually do? And what would it cause? And uh, yeah, I think that Star Trek uh, was already warning against that tendency in, in the early series. Of course, also because it was kind of you know it was filmed uh, in the early '70s, and then it was kind of this uh, this time where uh, you know people had high ideals, and at the same time there was this reality of the Cold War, and um, and Star Trek was, I think, one of the functions of Star Trek was also to uh, to help people realize what was going on in, in the real world, and to offer a mirror. Um, of course, I, I don't know whether it helped or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it it did uh, change some people's minds, or you know, I, I, it did influence a lot of people who watched the series mm-hmm. in the '60s. You know, well, and of uh, course, Star Trek wasn't the only uh, series or or, or no. television series or movie that the you know a lot of the stuff that was created in Hollywood at the time had similar themes and and similar ideals, right. On the other hand, a lot of the war that we see, the fighting in Star Trek, is kind of an abstraction. If you see, I don't know, a Klingon ship destroy another vessel, um, you know, you see two 3D models (laughs) blow each other up, but but you don't really see the the, the actual destruction. Or it's even when the the Enterprise is is attacked and uh, they film the bridge and reports are coming in. Like, oh, uh, Deck 5 has been hit. So what does that really mean? And in some episodes, they show you, you know, they show you sickbay and, and uh, the, the, the wounded people that are being carried in. And then you start to realize, well, wait a second, this is, uh, wow, <laughs> that's massive destruction. But in a lot of the TV series, probably because of budget and they couldn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, pay for the makeup <laughs> of, of 100 <laughs> casualties, that we just hear the message like, uh, yeah, we, we've got some casualties on deck five, but you never see what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not much blood and gore, you know, a lot of people get vaporized, you know, and then that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Also, probably because it was not done to show that on television. Yes. I mean, it would probably true, wouldn't have. In the 60s, they wouldn't yeah, have shown it wouldn't get past the censors. And it's only yeah. recently that the TV series have become more realistic and also more uh, gritty. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the, 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 the new series, where, you know, violence was getting much more realistic. And also, the, the, you know, the grieving at, and, and stuff like that was shown. Um, in to much more extent than in series like Star Trek, so the, the the psychological impact of violence and destruction. All right, we'll continue our discussion about the the dark side of technology, <laughs> if I may use that uh, Star Wars language in this podcast. After our break, we'll be back. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Trek on SQPN.com. If you like this SQPN show, you might also want to check out The Break with Father Roderick. The Break is an award-winning weekly show about movies, technology, games, health, food, and faith. From The Simpsons to The Sacraments, from technology to theology, The Break features the cool and the classical, the past and the future, the trends, and the tradition. Download the show for free on iTunes or listen at sqpn.com. the forces of good and evil are in constant battle where the stakes are high and the world is on the brink the earth must call upon extraordinary heroes to guide us to perfection those who have lived lives of heroic virtue and great charity the world must call upon the saints From the people who brought you relics, miracles, and prayerful intercession, it's time for your comprehensive source for news, entertainment, wisdom, and wit of these holy men and women, the Saint Cast. You can find the Saint Cast on sqpn.com. Captain. Incoming message. Welcome back to the Secrets of Star Trek. We're discussing the the negative side of technology, the the threat that technology sometimes can be in Star Trek and in our real world. And uh, Mike, before the break, you were talking about the original Star Trek series, and uh, you said that there were two other episodes where technology is 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 shown. Well, the the, the dangers of technology are shown. Can you tell us a bit more? Well, there was uh, another episode called The Doomsday Machine, and it had to do with a a destructive uh, uh, machine. Well, it was created by an alien race, some unknown alien race, and it was sort of a deterrent to war. I guess that was the original intention, sort of like the equivalent of our nuclear bombs, that people would be afraid to, to, you know, to go the next step and, and then unleash this uh, destructive device and uh, apparently they they you know overstepped the uh, they passed that threshold and this and it, device w- was roaming through space and destroying planets at will. So originally it, it, the device would just gobble up planets that would go to war and then it, it, it kind of went Yeah it would destroy oh, the okay. planets and then, then use the the uh, the 
debris or the rubble to uh, to you know to feed itself. Is that the episode with the in the original version with that very goofy looking kind of slug like alien d- device that t- <laughs> really? Yeah, well, this yeah, this cone shaped. Uh, yeah, cone shaped. Yeah, and I, they replaced it in uh, the the. The, when they did the, redid the series for HD and for Blu-ray, they actually created a pretty cool-looking, much more square uh, or rectangular type of machine. Something that looked much more like like a machine than the the kind of <laughs> very <laughs> weird, yes. you know, hokey thing that they first did. Right. Yeah, well, that was it. Yeah. So it was yeah. about the th- the uh, a, a machine originally. Uh, and of course, this this is also referring to that whole arms race, you know, the nuclear arms race. Right. Um, but uh, as a threat, they built a machine as a threat, and then of course, it it, uh, it actually turned on its creators, <laughs> and it became yes. an actual threat. And, and never apparently just what it didn't stop a war from coming, and and then it was unleashed, which is the same lesson or you know cautionary tale of. Uh, you know, with nuclear weapons, you may think nobody will ever push the button, but you, you can't know that for sure. Well, so. the problem, of course, I think the underlying message is that fear enough is not going to really change the people. It's not going to... It might alleviate some of the of the threat of war, but if you don't change the people, if you don't change the hearts and the mentalities, you know, it's ultimately still going to happen and people are still going to fight and and fear enough is, fear is not enough i think to avert war and it, it might actually be a very dangerous approach to uh to try to uh to bring about peace and uh i think that the later uh series emphasized more and more the need for dialogue you know to actually meet each other face to face and to enter in negotiations and that that is a much more effective way to uh uh, to put an end to war and to create peace than, uh, you know, just scaring each other with weapons. And, of course, there is still a message for today, because apparently we haven't learned <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, at least some countries don't. And then the third episode uh, was the ultimate computer, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. It was a, a new uh, computer that was capable of operating a starship uh, that you could... Uh, you could fly a starship with a minimal crew, mm-hmm. and uh, it would it would do everything, including uh, fight the battles, uh, maneuver the ship in a battle. And the danger here was they had artificial intelligence, and it's kind of took over the, the ship and wouldn't allow itself to be disconnected from the ship. It had to protect itself, and it yeah. uh, and, and that started it started to attack. Uh, other starships. It, they first they were playing mock war game mm-hmm. uh, in order to test the computer's ability, and then it it went from that to uh, using actual weapons on actual starships, and uh, and that became almost like a classic theme in in science fiction uh, of of you know technology becoming self-aware and becoming a, an enemy itself you know, think of yeah. hal in uh, in 2001 and uh, just recently i watched uh, a, a, a fantastic science fiction movie very low budget movie but very impressive called moon and uh, there too you see like a, a pretty autonomous moon station and uh, and there's this robot which is a, reminds me very much of hal 
and uh, and 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 that th- that robot is running the whole station by itself, and there's only one human being on that whole moon station. And at first you think, oh, this is another repeat of the of the HAL, you know, the evil computer. And then it turns out that well, actually, the computer is not as bad as as he as as you thought it would be, and it's actually real human beings that are you know the the real enemy and the real evildoers in that uh, in that movie. I, I can highly recommend that. It's it's pretty cool if you like science fiction. Um, you know, let's go from the original series to the the newer series where, of course, you know, technology and evil, the best blend of those two ingredients are to be found in an enemy that we also discussed last week. And that is, of course, the menacing Borg. Uh, Steve, what do you think about the Borg? You know, <clears throat> I've always kind of not fully understood the Borg uh, because, you know, it seems like you know they're in this search for perfection and they do it by uh, assimilating other species as they come across them taking the bits and pieces of them that you know are distinct and add to this idea of perfection but when you look at the borg they certainly don't look very perfect um, <laughs> no they know. look like zombies <laughs> yeah i mean and and they seem to be mostly humans humanoid with uh you know these implants and things added to them so they're you know perfection i guess is enhanced by technology mm-hmm. um and they they lose their individuality and they lose all this kind of stuff and i and it i i don't know where what idea of perfection they're actually heading towards so but and, and, and not everybody is assimilated isn't it uh, mark uh, d- d- weren't there some you know aren't the borgs actually making a selection on what they want in, instead of just you know gobbling up everything well they gobble up a lot but uh, they do select <laughs> <laughs> they do i do think they uh, they do look at species and say uh, well so you're do- your These only, beings have things yeah. that we can use and others we don't. It's a very u- utilitarian kind of approach. It's only only if you're useful to us, then you know so, we even yeah. bother to gobble you up. So you'd better exactly. not be too perfect yourself. <laughs> well, exactly. There was there was a species. It was there was there was an episode late in Voyager, I think sixth or seventh season, uh-huh. where they uh, earlier in the season the crew had picked up four children who were assimilated and then they could restore their individuality, and. For one of those children, they found his home planet, so they, they decided to return him home. Oh. They found that that planet, actually, the civilization there, was consciously trying to be as least ad- advanced as possible, so, so as not to attract the attention of the Borg. <laughs> they were capable of building all these machinery, all these advanced things, but they, but they didn't, because they didn't want wow. to draw the attention of the Borg. So. <laughs> That's that's pretty cool. That's a story idea. But yeah. the, this search for perfection is... Um, I think the Borg are making the mistake that that perfection lies in the accumulation of knowledge and technology and ability. I think it's the same mistake that we as a society often make. It's like the more technologically advanced we are, you know, the more valuable we are or the more important we are or the more we are, uh, you know, preparing ourselves for the future. And we often forget that it's much more important to advance in you know on a human level and who cares about technology if you don't know how to love each other and how to maintain peace well that's exactly it i think i think in all the uh, instances of the borg and also in for example uh the ultimate computer which mike uh, mentioned when technology uh starts breaking loose starts being uh, antagonistic um it's because it loses humanity it's we, it, it's strictly technological, and the human element plays no part anymore, and then we have a problem. 
I'm reminded a lot about uh, the recent uh, writings of both Pope Benedict and uh, Pope John Paul II about technology and about the internet more specifically and, and both popes warn for an approach where we kind of forget that the internet is, is, is a marvel of technology and it's a huge tool, but it should also have a soul. And, and uh, uh, I remember that Pope John Paul II in his first letter about the internet already said, you know, uh, it's, it's ultimately about the people and we have to use this technology to reach out to one another, but it cannot replace real human relationships and it, it should not... Um, uh, let's say distract us too much of our other imperative to uh, to really enter into a relation, a loving relationship with each other. And and just recently, Pope Benedict XVI said the same. He said the internet needs a soul, and he called for you know people everywhere in the world to give the internet a soul. And and if you don't, then you know even this very advanced technology that we have nowadays in terms of communi- communication can become a place where you know evil runs rampant and uh, and at the same time you know it's the technology in itself is neutral but it's about the use that you make of technology that determines the moral value of it Hey, before we end the show, I want to quickly take a look at uh, our feedback. We had two reactions on our blog at sqpn.com. Uh, one is from uh, Dan, who uh, reacts to our previous episodes, uh, episode about uh, technology. And, and he says, you know, I, um, I remember a scene from uh, DS9 um, that had to do with different generations of technology. In Trials and Tribulations, tribulations, Cisco and Dax are disguised on Kirk's Enterprise, so apparently there's some time travel involved, and they want to contact Kira on the Defiant. Cisco instinctively hits the emblem (laughs) on his uniform, and it doesn't work, because, of course, the emblem wasn't a communicator. It was just, you know, an ornament on his T-shirt or on his pajamas. And he quickly realizes (laughs) his error, and then he gets out this old-fashioned flip phone and then contacts Kira. And uh, it's kind of a duh moment on his part, uh, but a very fun example of, uh, you know, even the crew of the Enterprise, or or the well, it was not the the DS9 crew, making a mistake about you know the the, the state of technology. There's a similar scene if I if if we, if we have time in that same episode where we have Bashir and O'Brien who can't figure out how to work an elevator on Kurt's Enterprise. Oh, it's also really awesome. funny. They think it's voice <laughs> operated, but it isn't, of course. <laughs> you just got to hit a button. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Patrick also uh, reacted, loves the show, and um, uh, wants us to continue at one point our discussion about the soul. You know, when you are transported to another planet, uh, do you actually... Is it is it the same matter, or are you being deconstructed and killed, and is there a copy of you being regenerated, and what, what would that mean for the soul? So, uh, yeah, there's definitely... Uh, we could do a whole episode, I think, about uh, the, the soul and uh, what makes up our unique value and identity. But that will be for another time uh, <laughs> and for another week. This was The Secrets of Star Trek. Check us out on sqpn.com. Thanks for listening, and until then, live long and prosper. SQPN. Leading the way in Catholic New Media.